everyone and welcome to another episode of adam talks i'm adam bergman tax attorney and founder of ira financial today's episode opening a roth ira for your kid can you do it should you do it what are the rules how it works what do you got to think about so this is a really um important topic something that i like to talk about generally prior to april 15th because april 15th is the date that you have to make contributions to an ira for the previous year in this case 2021 so this is a good time to start thinking about whether you can make ira or specifically roth ira contributions for your kid so why would you want to do that well number one the roth ira is super tax advantageous why so long as you're over 59 and a half and the roth's been open at least five years you can pull all the roth ira money out tax-free so if you're someone who's 12 or 15 or 17 years old and you can start putting away money in a roth and have 30 40 50 years of tax-free growth compounding returns some pretty exciting stuff. Albert Einstein said, compounding returns is the eighth wonder of the world. In some, your fund should double every eight years if you can average an 8% rate of return. So starting early has an enormous benefit for retirement investors. Take it from me as a tax lawyer. If I was able to make Roth IRA contributions, well, actually the Roth IRA started in 1997. So I was already 22 years old when the Roth IRA was created. But I have two kids, 11 and 8. And if I was able to do Roth IRA contributions for them, and I have, imagine how much potential money they can have when they're in their 60s, right? The numbers are super exciting. So a lot of people say, hey, Adam, can I open a Roth IRA for my kid? So the first question is, it comes down to maybe, like every good lawyer. The maybe is, does your child have earned income? And earned income does not mean interest, dividends, royalties, rental income, capital gain. It means compensation for services or some type of business income. Whether it's your child selling a widget, uh, easies or dunks on eBay, or they're drawing pictures and selling on Etsy or uh, designing clothes, or they are performing services like serving as a model on a website um, for children's clothes or and that's actually what my sister did when she was younger too bad there were no Roth IRAs then um, also a lot of clients where their kids are camp counselors or they do babysitting or they are lifeguards they teach basketball I have a neighbor who after school for a couple hours a day he has a group of kids uh, grade one grade two basically just some, some light basketball coaching, more, more like babysitting. And he does pretty well. He charges 20 bucks a kid. He usually has like five to 10 kids um, a session and he's banking it. He's making some good cash. So I talked to him. He's in high school. I said, hey, buddy, you should set up a Roth IRA. He's like, hey, I will. It's pretty good. I, don't, I use some of the money to um, you know go out, go to movies, pay for streaming services, buy myself some new shoes, but I have some extra cash and yeah, I should totally put it into a Roth IRA. So I wanted to just highlight a couple of cases and some revenue rulings that I think demonstrate what the IRS is looking at in terms of whether someone has earned income, specifically in a parent-child uh, dynamic. So I'll just kind of go through a few. Um, it's not going to be a full case review, so don't worry. It's not going to be like first-year law student, but I just want to highlight a couple so you get an idea what the IRS is looking at. And some of these revenues 
are quite old. So this one's from 72, revenue ruling 72. Yes, 23, in this ruling, the question presented was whether wages paid by a father to an un unaccompanied minor child for personal services rendered as a bona fide employee was deductible. And this is what the ruling said. This is pretty important. Where the facts show that an actual service was rendered by a taxpayer's child as a bona fide employee in the operation of the taxpayer's business, and that the compensation paid for such services is reasonable and constitute an ordinary necessary expense of carrying on such business, such wage payments are deductible. So we're basically, let's kind of deconstruct this. Number one, it's gotta be an actual service, right? You can't just sit on the couch and get paid. Number two, there needs to be some type of bona fide employee-employer relationship between the parent and child. Now mentioning parent and child, if your child is getting paid through a neighbor or a third party, that is different than the parent-child and that probably has less scrutiny from the IRS than if the mom or dad is paying the child. Okay, so if the mom and dad are paying the child, number one's gotta be actual services. Number two, you're probably gonna have to have the business paying the child. The, the dad or the mom just can't pay the kid to go to school or to mow the lawn or to clean the car. It's gotta be, hey, I have a business and I'm paying you to uh, sweep the floors or fix the equipment or you know, work on the website, whatever it is. The employer-employer relationship is important when you get into the parent-child context. If there's no parent-child dynamic, then you can have some more flexibility and you can obviously pay the child to do a more um, menial, less employer-employee type work, like you know, mowing the lawn or uh, watching your kids um, or you know, cleaning the fence or painting the walls, things like that do have more substance if it's not in a parent-child uh, dynamic. Next case, this is Lorraine Tucker, it's a tax court memo in 1979. Uh, in this case, the, the court held a deduction was allowed for payments to a son. In this case, the, the individual, she had a grocery store and she was actually paying the son who had some experience to help with inventory and do some grocery related activity. And there the court said there was actual services, it was reasonable paid. Um, and it, it was uh, in an employer-employee contact. So it wasn't just the mom paying the kid, hey, if you get an A on your test, I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks. That wasn't it. Here, the son was actually performing real services for the business. The next one is a tax court memo 1974 for Mansky. This guy was a doctor and he paid his son or he paid, sorry, several children to do either research and also to fix the equipment. And in this case, the court said, well, you can't pay your kids for research because they're not qualified, they're not doctors. And, and they actually went into the age of the children was relevant versus um, uh, in other cases. So um, that's interesting as well. They actually looked at the age, but in, they said the research wasn't an actual reasonable salary or service because they weren't qualified, but the kids were able to fix the equipment and in that case, they felt there was a real employer-employee relationship, a bona fide service was performed and they accepted the compensation and allowed for the deduction. So again, when there's a child-parent relationship, you number one, wanna make sure it's real service and it should be in an employer-employee context, not just paying your kid randomly to do work. Another one, revenue ruling 73-393. In this ruling, reasonable wages paid by a father to his child um, and the trader business was, were deductible where the child uses the wages for their own support. So again, it was an employer-employer relationship. 
Next one, Nathaniel Denman, it's a tax court case. And in this case, they held that the deduction was allowed, reasonable amount was paid, and the child performed light duties relating to an engineer individual's business. But again, it was real services, there was an employee-employee relationship, and this compensation was reasonable. Three important factors. Again, if you notice in all these cases, there's an employer-employee relationship. It's not just randomly paying your kid to do some homework, which uh, is not gonna fly. Next one, LRV commissioner, 1977 case. This guy, um, they, he was a trailer park owner and he paid the kids, and there's multiple kids here, uh, 12, 11, and seven to do various tasks around uh, the trailer park. And in this case, as, as some of the others I mentioned, they looked at the age of the children, the services being performed, the reasonableness of the actual salary to determine whether the deduction uh, was allowed or not. So um, all in all, super important. So you may be saying, okay, I kind of understand this, kind of feel like I just went to law school. Uh, law school is actually way more boring than what I just did. I summarized all the cases. You actually don't have to read the cases, but a couple of things. If you're paying your kids, you should make sure it's real services and it's an employer-employee relationship. You're not just paying your kids randomly to you know play video games or even to, to mow the lawn. There's no employer-employee relationship. It's probably not gonna fly. It's not gonna be treated as earned income. Your neighbor, your friend, non-lineal descendants do that, I think you're good, okay? Even if you're an aunt, uncle, cousin, paying the kids to do babysitting, things like that, that's gonna fly because that's not a parent-child relationship. If your kids have their own business, even if it's a thousand bucks selling stuff on eBay, that works, okay? It's real income. Now, if you say your kid has a business, but their only client is you and you're paying them for consulting services, probably not gonna work, right? You wanna make it a third party that's providing the income to your child, like a friend, neighbor, or just a random consumer buying uh, the product on, on the internet. Um, when do the kids have to file tax returns? Okay, so this is interesting. If it's non-earned income, like interest dividends, if it's under, if it's over the 2,200 bucks, they're gonna have to file their own tax return. If it's earned income, meaning performance of services, if it's over 12,550, they're dependent, they have to file their own return. Otherwise, you can have them as a dependent and you can have the income on your return, just report it on your return. They don't need their own um, tax return. So there's a distinction between earned and unearned. So bottom line here, if you have a kid, obviously if your kid's two years old, three years old, other than like doing some baby clothes modeling or you know, I actually have a neighbor who um, the kid was hired to do, um, was, the kid was actually on TV for um, some baby product. That can fly, but like paying your three-year-old to um, repair your equipment in your business or, or do things like that, just a joke. You're not gonna, it's not gonna work if you get audited, the IRS will invalidate it. So just be cautious. I think once the kid's over 10, 11, I think you have some flexibility. Obviously babysitting, you know, camp, camp counselor is not gonna work at 10, 11, but you know, um, helping out, things like that uh, for a non-parent paying the kid, that can work. Uh, again. If your kid's selling stuff on eBay, 10 or 11, you know, God bless them. They're probably going to be smarter and more successful than, than all of us. But you got to be cautious of the age, the reasonableness of, of salary, the actual services being performed, and be careful make sure that there's an actual employer-employee uh, relationship. 
If you satisfy and check all those boxes, then go for it. Um, even if it's under 12,550, even if the kid puts away 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, that money in the next 30, 40 years will probably be worth 40, 50,000 bucks. I mean, seriously, especially if they're doing good investments, um, there's a real chance that that could be some serious money in the next 40 or 50 years. Also, it starts them good habits, right? Saving, whether they put in a Roth IRA or just put in a savings account, you're teaching your kids good habits to save, which we all can appreciate. So uh, I think there's some real benefits. Just got to be cautious and don't get too aggressive. Um, number one, again, employer-employee relationship. If it's non-parent paying a child, there's some more flexibility. Um, and obviously, if there's an employer-employee relationship, if you're paying the child, you want to make sure they're treating it as compensation. The business is treating it as a deductible expense. If it's earned income under 12,550, kid doesn't have to file his or her own tax return. Over that, they do. And uh, for unearned income over the 2,200 bucks, uh, they're gonna have to file their own income tax and, and probably pay a kitty tax. So there you go. It's not super complicated. It's common sense, right? If it's actual services, bona fide, it's reasonable. You're not paying you know, your, your uh, eight-year-old kid 6,000 bucks for, um, you know, um, babysitting three times a year. You, know, you just got to be careful not to say the IRS will kind of scrutinize this. Most of the cases and rulings, if you notice, actually come down on the business, right? The kids don't get audited and the individual's tax return. It's really not significant. What happens is the business gets audited. And then the, the IRS auditor says, wait, you paid this person 5,000 or 6,000. They're your kid. Now let's see if it's bona fide. Not that difficult, right? They look at last names, they'll look at your um, payroll, uh, they'll look at your uh, independent contractor list, they'll see expenses, they'll see Jones and Jones. Hey, Jones, you paid this person, Dan Jones, who looks who, who's Dan Jones? Oh, he's my seven year old kid. Well, you paid him 7,000 bucks last year. What did he do? And that's when it starts. So you just got to be cautious. Make sure it's it's actual, bona fide, reasonable, and there's uh, an employer-employee relationship. Um, that's all good stuff. And uh, at that point, your kid should be able to go Roth. And hopefully uh, in the next 40 years or so, they will be super happy you did that. Um, and hopefully you're teaching them a good lesson and there's consistency and they now trust the process of saving for retirement so they can start doing it themselves as they go through college and get their first job and then get their feet wet in the um, employment world, they're going to be uh, taught the right way to save, whether it's through a Roth IRA or a 401k plan, they'll understand the power of the retirement system, the power of deferral, power of compounding returns, and uh, will be set up going forward uh, to uh, reap the benefits of the retirement saving regime that we all live under. So there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, not sure I'm going to be able to pay my kids this year. Don't think they've done enough work um, for me and uh, they've been too busy playing video games and playing sports. So I'm not sure it's going to work out for them this year. But as my kids get older, I promise, um, promise my wife that they will be working, whether it's at a local grocery store, they're going to learn uh, the power of hard work and also hopefully um, benefit from taking some of that money and putting it in a Roth IRA, which will ultimately you know, benefit them down the road. So appreciate you guys listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, and, and definitely check me back every Wednesday. There's two other podcasts, Adam 
at Bits and Ad Mail, which are weekly podcasts. Um, if you're interested in self-directed retirement topics, uh, Ad Mail is super fun. Go through three of the best questions from clients each week. And Ad Bits will give you a bit of information on specific self-directed retirement topics. So definitely remember to check them out. Otherwise, have a great week and uh, talk to everyone again next week. Take care.